to the Friday Five. It's our weekly list of five things you need to know about here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and we are a little over a week into AEP. I hope it's been going well for you so far. We've got a little bit of a mixed bag here this week, a couple different items for you. First, though, we'll start out with an update on the Social Security COLA, coming in at number one this week. This year brought a 1.3% increase to the Social Security Cost of Living Adjustment. But two legislators in the House would like to bump that number up to 3%. Their reasoning? COVID-19. Representatives Peter DeFazio of Oregon and John Larson of Connecticut co-sponsored the bill, with the latter saying that seniors, quote, are seeing a rise in food, medical, housing costs, and more, and a 1.3% COLA is just not enough during these difficult times, end quote. The bill would be a one-time adjustment, but there is a separate bill in the works, the Social Security Expansion Act, That would also increase benefits and revamp the way the COLA index is measured. Both senators hope that the bill could be part of the next stimulus package, which looks more and more likely to happen after the election. Number two, Purdue Pharma and the Justice Department announced an $8 billion settlement on Wednesday this week. They're the company that makes Oxycontin, along with other opioid medications. Because Purdue Pharma does not have the cash flow to pay that settlement outright, it's being closed with a new, more stringently regulated public benefit company to follow. The new company would continue to produce the painkillers alongside overdose medications and drugs that treat opioid abuse. All profits would then go to paying back the settlement amount and battling the ongoing opioid crisis. The $8 billion price tag does not include the $225 million civil settlement with the Sackler family. That's the family that owns Purdue Pharma. They, as well as past and present Purdue Pharma employees, could still potentially face federal criminal charges. Number three, in a move that could have some interesting repercussions around the tech industry, On Tuesday this week, the Department of Justice filed a lawsuit against Google, claiming that the company is a search monopoly. Not only that, they charged the company of illegally holding monopolies in search advertising as well. The DOJ has been investigating the company for more than a year, looking into alleged anti-competitive practices. Attorney General William Barr went so far as to call Google the monopoly gatekeeper of the internet in his comments on the suit. Eleven states joined the DOJ lawsuits. Those states are Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, South Carolina, and Texas. It's not the first time that Google has come under investigation for suspected antitrust activity. But back in 2013, the Federal Trade Commission was looking into search result bias, not the same scope as what the DOJ is charging the California company with today. Google responded to the suit, denying the charges, claiming that, quote, 
People use Google because they choose to, not because they're forced to or because they can't find alternatives, end quote. With the charges only being filed on Tuesday, we are still very early on, but we will be linking to the findings in our episode notes if you'd like to take a look at them. The investigation culminated in a 449-page report. We'll also be linking to the official DOJ statement in the notes as well. Number four, if you're an Amazon Prime member and you've got a Whole Foods near you, there's a new service coming that you might want to know about, especially as we get busier through AEP and even as COVID-19 cases ramp up and flu season approaches. One-hour grocery pickup. Nationwide, all Whole Foods locations will offer one-hour grocery pickup for Amazon Prime members. And yes, this is a new service. Previously, Prime members could only pick up at select stores. But now you can get one-hour grocery pickup at all 487 Whole Foods stores. The order just has to be $35 or more to qualify. I have not tried grocery pickup yet, but that is definitely a convenient offer, and I can attest to the fact that curbside pickup is popular, because I've been dodging the pickers inside stores that offer the service, and I've also seen the parking spaces and signage for curbside services increasing. So if you've got a Whole Foods near you, you are super lucky. The closest one to me is still about 45 minutes away, so... Not ideal for me for groceries, but if you've got one and you've got Prime, give it a go and let us know how it went. Number five, circling back to the topic of shopping and retail, Black Friday is going to look a lot different this year than it has in past years. Retailers are putting a lot of that information out now with many sales going into effect during the entire month of November or in stages during November. I've started working on my top toys list that will come out the week of Thanksgiving, just like it did last year. And I've got to say, I'm not seeing as much variation from last year just yet. Of course, I'm not seeing that much that's new in stores yet either. My daughter just had her birthday, And I found that I had to switch up my ideas a little bit, maybe because she's a little bit older, but also because the toys just don't seem all that different this year. So we'll see. Long story short, though, crowded stores are out because of COVID-19. So expect more deals online and more time to have access to deals than in the past. We will be linking to a few articles in the episode notes on that so you can take a look and formulate your game plan for this year. Personally, I'm taking off Cyber Monday, but that is because here in Pennsylvania, it's also the first day of hunting season, so the kids are all off of school for that. And now for this week's bonus, or should I say rabbit hole, kind of a month-long rabbit hole to be honest. I've been devouring every article I can find on the iPhone 12. Today is the day that the 12 and the 12 Pro should be available in stores. Pre-orders should start arriving today. And then in two weeks, pre-orders start for the Pro Max and the Mini. This week, I've got a great side-by-side tech spec overview from CNET. If you're having trouble deciding between the models or just want to learn more about the lineup, 
Check it out. It lists all four models side by side, what you get from each one. So if you're on the fence, it might be of some help to you. I know I was waffling a little bit between the 12 Pro Max and the 12 Pro, but I think that was just me wanting to get my hands on a new phone two weeks sooner rather than later. So I'm trying to be patient and hold out for the Pro Max 12. If you're looking at these phones as much as I've been, let me know, especially if you are also patiently waiting for the Pro Max or not so patiently waiting like me. I would love to hear from you. But that is all I have for this week. I hope you're having a fantastic AEP so far. Have a great weekend. Stay healthy, stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel, script editing by Nicole Perisic, artwork by Nick Smith. Mm-hmm.